2: Go behind the scenes and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra
2: cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and
3: the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know.
1: Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt.
2: My name is Noel. They call me Ben. You are you, and that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Today, of course, we're joined as always with our super producer Alex Williams. And for this episode, let's take an imaginary road trip. Okay, right? to uh,
1: Dollywood.
2: Where are we going, Dad? <laughs> well, let's. uh, w- What about Disney World? Have you guys ever been to Disney World?
0: I have. It's Orlando. Been a long time.
2: I went once when I was very – I guess I went several times when I was very young, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Disney World is like this global legend. People around the world are aware of Disney World, right? Mm-hmm. It's a magical place. Every day, an estimated 250,000 guests visit, and in a lot of ways, it's a city of its own. More ways than we knew prior to researching this episode. Mm-hmm. And getting into the history of Disney as a company is – Huge proposition. Dude,
1: I know. And the twists and turns you take and some of the legal stuff we're going to get into in Mm -hmm. this episode, um, very surprising to me considering the way I view the company and like the – the image the word disney
2: so we yeah so we have to be uh we have to pick our battles and be Mm -hmm. pretty specific so today we're going to look at the story of walt disney world located in bay lake and lake buena vista florida this wasn't the first park disney built there was another park called disneyland in anaheim california that opened in 1955 and uh Noel and I actually stayed across the street from there recently.
0: I know. I really kind of wanted to go, but I just – I couldn't justify spending um, more than $100 to, like, wait in a series of lines all day, which is kind of what it seems like a trip to Disneyland involves. And, yeah. And they I have would, fireworks every night. We they saw those too. for free, though, from the street, from mm-hmm. just, like, driving around. That was pretty cool. We
1: went uh, – Tyler and Holly and I went when we went to Star Wars Celebration, specifically – we, I paid money to get in there yeah. to be with Holly to watch the fireworks because and, it was a, like a Star Wars-themed thing.
2: And that's uh, Holly Fry, a friend of the shows and one of the co-hosts of Stuff You Missed in History Class. Correct. Uh, so was it was it worth it? Did you have a good time? I mean, for my
1: money, no. But I, the look on Holly's face, like mm-hmm. with the tears coming down after the Star Wars presentation, I mean, it was worth it.
2: Oh, that's beautiful, man. Yeah. Yeah, I I didn't make it into Disneyland that time around, but who knows? Life is life is long, right? Mm-hmm. Uh the most well-known park that Disney owns is is probably still the one in Florida. It's Disney World. Uh it was built in 1971. Currently, it's over 27,000 acres or 43 square miles in size. Wow and it's got a bunch of stuff on there too.
1: Oh yeah, you got four theme parks that are massive on their own right, uh, two water parks which are also hefty, 27 themed resort hotels. That blew my mind. I I knew of maybe 8. Hmm. I did not know there were 27.
2: I wonder if they start reaching after like number 20. They've got to You know, are those last 8 <laughs> I think is one of them just the The themed on the parrot in Aladdin. Well,
1: see, that's the thing. With every new property they produce in their other ventures, in their media companies, you can just pop a resort up and now you've got money just coming in.
0: There's the Avatar one now, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's the Uh, new one, right? And then there's also the Star Wars one where it, like, lets you, like, almost, like, be a character in your own Star Wars adventure. And I think it's kind of creepy to me a little bit where, like, you don't really leave the park. Yeah, yeah. Or the hotel. It's all this, like, unified experience where everything follows you from your hotel to, like, your time at the park and all that stuff. And you, like, maintain this reputation, I guess, based on choices you make.
1: Yeah. It's It's all-encompassing, self-sustaining. It's a theme we're going to continue to cover in this episode.
2: It's a bubble. It's almost an alternate reality.
0: I was talking to Holly from History Class about it, and she's kind of a Disney uh, aficionado, Mm -hmm. shall we say. And I was sort of saying, like, man, I don't know. It's a little weird. She's like... What about that sounds weird? That sounds like the most amazing thing ever in the history of anything. I'm like, cool, Ollie, you can, you can have that. People,
2: yeah. yeah, people who are fans of Disney are often, you know, die hard, lifelong loyalists, yes. you know, like traveling every year, have a reserve place, maybe have a, um, uh, a home that they spend part of the time, part of the year in, uh, near the parks. Uh, there are also nine non-Disney hotels. Yeah, If you need a Disney break. Uh they've got golf courses, of course, there's a camping resort. Uh here's the craziest thing we found. There's still more room for growth. Less than thirty-four percent of this land has been developed. A quarter of it is a wilderness preserve, which I think is reflects nicely on them.
1: Doesn't it? And you know, it's not exactly easy to develop land in that part of Florida. Mm-hmm. Just you gotta do a lot of work to even prep it to put buildings on there. Oh,
2: just because it's swampy? Yeah, exactly. Today, Walt Disney World is the most popular vacation resort on the planet, according to them. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have to add that part. And every year, they have an estimated attendance of over 52 million people. That's not at Disneyland and Disney World combined. That's at Disney World. Wow. So we mentioned the total square mileage. By way of comparison, this area, this complex, this bubble, this community of its own is about the size of San Francisco.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to Orlando for a non-Disney work-related thing next week, and when I went to rent a car, the stat popped up on the car rental site that mm-hmm. Orlando is like the car rental capital of the world. Oh wow! You're going to be a it. part of history, again. Guess, man. <laughs> You
2: should, when you land on the plane, or when you sit next to someone on the plane, you should just tell them that you're going because it's the car rental capital. I've always yes. dreamed of visiting the car
0: rental capital of the world. No, but seeing all these stats, it makes sense. I guess I didn't realize how massive this mm-hmm. whole complex is with all this different stuff. It makes sense.
1: If you're if you're not familiar with San Francisco, imagine the entire island of Manhattan, New York, where New York City is. Sure, and now double it. And then put it in Florida, and that's how large this place is.
2: Oh, I get some uh, a cartoon mouse too, yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, and just a kick-ass castle. Can I say that? Like, I know it's not a real castle, but Cinderella's that thing, that thing looks cool. It yeah. really does. Uh Magic Kingdom opened up in 1971, right? And when it did, it had about 5,500 employees. Uh, the term for park employees, by the way, is cast members. Mm-hmm. And this is interesting because there's a, there's a whole terminology or language used by the company to describe guests, to describe experiences or attractions, and it reminds me of when we all learned through just weird conversations here at work, we all learned about how the WWE and the world of wrestling mm-hmm. has its own weird language, uh, superstars. Rules.
0: Right, right. Uh, makes me want to put my hands under my armpits and smell them. like this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wonder how many people in our audience get that. Reference. And they all just think I'm a freak. <laughs> that is an S Saturday night live reference uh-huh. for anyone. that did not make that up. Yeah. That's a good one, too. We're cutting all of this. No, not, no, please. I think that.
2: we should keep it. Somebody will write in with an email. No, they'll get it. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: S- No, it's like a whole branded like, yeah, like, uh, like Disney speak.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh no employees. Everybody's a cast member. They're always performing. Mm-hmm. And they're always guests. Uh, and the secret stuff that happens, which is a fascinating underworld of its own, is just all referred to as backstage. Yeah. And then anytime you're around a guest, you're on stage. That is so cool. I kind of like that. I mean, you know, I guess they have to have pretty easily understood and clearly defined rules because today Walt Disney World employs more than 74,000 cast members and that means its payroll is like 1.2 billion dollars annually year, a year. Yeah. Not huh? not every day.
1: Oh. But that's really exciting. That means this company must bring in just buttloads of cash.
2: Right, because payroll is just going to be a percentage of par- profit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and before it gets too uh, weird, right, we've got to admit it's easy to fall into a Disney rabbit hole. Over the years, the Magic Kingdom has been the subject of all kinds of conspiracy theories and unfounded rumors. And you've probably, if you're listening to this show, you've probably heard uh, at least a few of these before.
1: Oh, yeah, dudes. There's the idea that secret events, there are are secret places in the Disney theme parks. And there are these like secret parties that occur at these things. And there have been crazy accusations online about what goes on at some of these. But we do know there's a grain of truth here because there are a lot of exclusive clubs that exist in the different um, resorts in the different parks that you have to be a specific type of member to get in and you know, have a drink there or whatever.
2: Yeah. One, uh, the, the one that I think started this sort of conspiracy or this rumor is a place called club 33 mm-hmm. private exclusive five-star restaurant in, and it's actually in Disneyland yeah. in California. So not in Florida, but the idea, you know, like to prove an existence of club 33 will make people, some people say like, you know, there's a secret spot in Florida yeah. too. Yeah, there's a you you have to know the right you have to shake the right mouse's hand.
1: Plus, let's talk about the number (laughs) thirty three.
2: Oh, I feel like I'm good on the number thirty three. Oh, that's right. This is our first time recording since the world didn't end. Right. We're okay. We made it through.
0: I wasn't even aware that that was a potential thing that was going to happen. You guys. Didn't clue me in. Didn't send me a memo.
1: We were banking on it not happening. But if it did, that would have been pretty
0: terrible on our part, Ben.
1: I'm sorry.
2: I would have felt. I would have felt really bad if the world ends. I, I want to. You know. I want this show to go out, uh, guns blazing. We should get some guns mm-hmm. in the studio, and I want us to be like the the whole crew. Yes. You know. But for now, of course, the world hasn't ended, and I'm, I'm very glad it hasn't. That's right. right. Uh, and you can still get into an exclusive club at Disneyland. Yeah. And the question is, are there other secret places at Disney World? But that's just one of the uh, yeah. rumors. There's other stuff, too. Speaking of people dying.
0: Apparently, that's not a thing uh, at Disney. In Disney, no one dies. Only that's not true. But the theory is that no one dies at Disney. is the idea that both cast and guest deaths are covered up to keep the park's image squeaky clean. Um, Part of that focuses on the uh, whole
1: underground backstage system where if anything kind of starts to go down, things get swept away and down into the catacombs. Uh, you know, it's an interesting idea.
0: For, when I first read this one, I thought it was like some sort of weird legal distinction that only Disney <laughs> had. Kind of like the, uh, the zone of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we did where it's like, you know, you it's not possible for you to die. Yes, you're dead, but you're not when you're at Disney. Mm. You just – I don't know what happens. So they just use a different word. They're like, uh, you get promoted. They probably turn you into like a costume and prop you up like a puppet. That's cool.
1: See, I think you become a cast member permanently at the
0: Haunted Mansion. See?
2: It's got his Hotel California vibe. Yeah, that's we are what I'm gonna saying. We're going to
0: get so sued. <laughs> we're not getting sued. You know what I No. Disney listens to this stuff. They, they monitor all frequencies for any mention of the mouse. Well, you, you know, know.
1: <laughs> it might not be Disney monitoring. There might be somebody else just giving it to Disney. And Wait, is, again,
2: Is this a segue? We're going to get into it, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to focus on a single aspect of Walt Disney World, just, just one mm-hmm. facet of this gem. And that is the construction of this, of this ideal world. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, buying over 40 square miles of land in Florida, even swampland, it's not something you just go out and do on a lunch break. <laughs> and it can also be quite expensive if, that is, you do it legally legally. You can do that illegally? So in the 50s, when Disney began searching for property in Florida, the company realized they were kind of at this collective crossroads. Uh, there were two ways to look at their situation. So I'll present their perspective and then the other way to look at it. Okay. From the company's perspective, how the land was purchased was crucial. If multiple private landowners realized a single company was purchasing land in the area the owners would almost certainly jack up their prices, mm-hmm. and if they knew it was Disney, this would be compounded, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so they would start speculating, maybe even becoming just holdouts. Yeah. Just saying like, I have my, you know, split level ranch, uh, home in the middle of what, of all the land you want, so now it's gonna be a million dollars. Pay me or eminent domain, son. There wasn't a way to claim eminent domain or anything because that's a power technically restricted to the government. And eminent domain is the thing in action when you see roads in your neighborhood get widened. We have a lot of that in Atlanta. Oh, so much. And that, that happens because the city says, well, for the good, the public good, we are taking possession of, you know, like this front four feet Mm -hmm. of someone's yard.
1: And generally, we'll pay you. Right. You
2: know. What we determine to be a fair market (laughs) rate. There's another way to look at this, and that is Disney realized that by obscuring, obfuscating the company's identity by making certain that landowners did not really know who was buying what, the company could conspire to get land at a price significantly below market rate.
1: And when we say below market rate, we're talking around 200 U.S. dollars for an acre, an entire acre of land for $200. That's crazy.
0: That's a good deal. Yeah. That's a good deal. That's a really good clearly. Team. I'm not a uh, land baron. <laughs> so there was a conspiracy going on. Is that conspire? Is like the yeah. That this
1: is a textbook group of people conspiring to buy land at a much
0: lower price. But the mouse would never do that. That he's, he's and Look at him. He's got those big white gloves and smile on his face well, yeah. and that high pitched voice. It wasn't the mouse though. It was the
1: mouse's boys.
2: Yeah, the mouse is the mouse is like an idea guy. He doesn't get those gloves dirty. Yeah. But he does have <laughs> friends, and they posed another question to Walt Disney. And let's just refer to Disney as the mouse. I like that. A little bit of metonymy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they posed the question. They said, well, once you own the land, how do you control it? He who controls the spice
0: controls the world.
4: Happy International Women's Day.
2: Here's where it gets crazy. So Disney, as Matt has, uh, as Matt has sort of foreshadowed. The mouse you mean? The mouse, yes, the mouse. How soon I forgot. Uh, the mouse had friends and the mouse did not do all of its own work in acquiring this land. Believe it or not, the mouse worked with the CIA. Using the same tactics that CIA agents had previously used to destabilize foreign regimes, the mouse in a small circle of close contact from the intelligence community created this enduring fiction. It involves puppet governments, shell companies, all all the hits, all the good stuff. (laughs) Yeah,
1: and you may be thinking to yourself, what? Again, you're going to say that a lot this episode.
2: The truth is stranger than fiction often. So Disney, the mouse, had a contact with the CIA. Their probably – let's call it their initial contact. Mm-hmm. And it was a person you may have heard of previously.
1: Good old William Donovan, a.k.a. Wild Bill, a.k.a. father of the CIA.
0: A.k.a. hurdy-gurdy man, sunshine, Superman. This, That's yes. not true. That's a different Donovan I like the AKA game.
2: Remember, we we played that mm-hmm. back in the day. That,
0: you know, I think you should, uh, let's keep it quiet, but I think you should market that. That, that could be a boxed up game that you can sell, the, the sell to the nerds. Yes. <laughs> We'd see some, like, you know, uh, clandestine, hard to follow rules. Sure.
2: Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We, uh, on a tangent, when we're off air, we, we have, uh, all sorts of schemes and plans and shenanigans. And one time we made up a game. Mm hmm called aka and it was great
0: our version of it though is just like aka a thing is it was, was there like but, but what if you had to do it in alphabetical order or like you know like 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 going to a picnic yeah, style or something add a like couple that? things yeah there had to be some some rules we'll get back to you guys on that yeah. we'll work on that don't yeah. steal our ideas but you know you can send us suggestions if there's you nothing to steal yet they just <laughs> <said> the <laughs> name of it be on the lookout for it on, the, on our on our new merch shop that we're working on
2: yeah all right so who is this wild bill
1: Well, they call him the father of the CIA because he was the founder of the Office of Strategic Services. The OSS. The OSS. You may have heard us speak of that before. It was the agency that came before the CIA, what the CIA would become. And uh, he also co-founded, interestingly enough, a New York law firm called Donovan Leisure Newton and Irvine. Sounds really nice. They did lots of good work. And according to author T.D. Allman... He, uh, he wrote a book called Finding Florida, The True History of the Sunshine State. Uh, he says that attorneys from this firm, they provided very specific services for Disney. And, uh, he calls them agents who were attempting to acquire land in Florida, what we were talking about. Well, they, they did things like provide fake identification for agents working on behalf of Disney, set up a secret communications center so that they could Talk to each other clandestinely. They also orchestrated disinformation campaigns, uh, wherein they spread false rumors about the Ford Motor Company being the behemoth that was coming through and buying up all the land. So that Ford ended up getting some flack in the press, and they were kind of
0: shielded. Yeah,
1: kind of crazy stuff, right?
2: Yeah, I mean that's how the uh, that's how the apples get squished. It's like, <laughs> yeah. when, it's like when
0: Uber ordered all those uh, fraudulent pizzas. From lift drivers. No, that's not true. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's the other way around. No, it's not the other way around. U- Uber just like apparently like ordered a bunch of lifts that weren't going to any actual people just to like get them off the off the grid.
1: Whoa. And Smart. completely legal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this guy, Wild Bill, was not the
2: only CIA contact. Right. There was another uh, fellow named Paul Helliwell. Uh He was hired as the mouse's chief legal strategist. This was an extremely – extremely shady character. He was he was what I would call part of the deep sketch. <laughs> and uh he had helped launch the uh secret CIA Wars or conflicts in Indochina and he had returned to Florida, Miami specifically to help orchestrate various agency attempts at overthrowing Castro. And yes, we're, we're talking about the, the bizarre assassination attempts as well. Really cartoonish stuff from mm-hmm. a different cartoon dynasty, dynasty. Uh, they, they tried to give Fidel Castro exploding cigars. All
1: different kinds of poisons.
2: Make his beard fall mm-hmm. off. It made me think of Wile e. Coyote. The level of of scams and you know the various different Acme products,
1: mm, yeah, in the big box that just has the word on it.
2: And Acme was such a successful company, but their stuff never seemed to work. Yeah, you know. Anyway, this uh, he was part of this fighting Castro, on
1: making the side. <laughs> yeah making
2: CIA wars, and said, "I'll I'll help you out, uh, Walter," and. His first big task with the mouse was to buy up land for Disney without letting any of the property owners know that Disney was the one buying them out. And so that works in concert with the stuff that Wild Bill is doing Mm -hmm. where he's spreading rumors and somebody says, you know, are you from the Ford Motor Company? Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. But we hear they're around. Yeah, exactly. He started out buying land as low as 80 bucks an acre, which again, not being land barons. Still, that sounds pretty good, right? Amazing. 80 bucks an acre? I'll take it. I will build so many houses. That's like, what, three acres for a video game system? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Uh, So he started buying this uh, stuff, like 80 bucks an acre, through various shell companies, while Donovan, while Bill Donovan's firm ran that disinformation campaign, and today, a neat note about the palimpsest of history is that today you can walk down main street usa at walt disney world and you can find the names of those shell companies because they are listed on the upper story windows of the buildings
1: yeah that's where they run man that's where those shell companies operate (laughs) is that true (laughs) i mean why not
2: why not i would hope so (laughs) that would be kind of cool if like you had a uh you had a shell company job that was not amusement park related, but your office was in Disney World. Yeah, it's
1: just a, a single desk in a room, and it looks out over Main Street.
2: Parking's probably really tough, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this doesn't work forever. Eventually, you know, word gets around as it as it is wont to do, and people finally find out that the there's only one big buyer in the area, and yeah. it's all Disney, and then the price shoots up to eighty thousand
1: dollars an acre.
2: At about what it probably
1: should be for a massive corporation buying a plant. But here's the deal. Yeah. Uh, at that point, they bought so much land for such a cheaper price that the average overall is what we stated before, $200 an acre. Wow. They got away with it so hard.
2: And it seems like kind of an exciting project to be involved in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound... To a moral or something, but it's not like they were buying it to build a nuclear waste site.
0: Oh, Ben, that sounds just amoral enough <laughs> thanks man. to be true. <laughs> I feel like I would be okay at it. you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. I was I've seen you wringing your hands in private. Oh, the thing is laughing you, sinisterly. The thing
2: is you just do one hand when you're talking yeah. to the people
0: yeah. it looks like you're always about
2: to do something,
1: yes. <laughs> But uh, but here's the deal, guys. So they've acquired all this land, right? Uh huh. You've bought the land, but what are your next steps? Because you you just own the land. What can I now do with this land legally?
2: Right, right. Uh, so he also started pitching the mouse on this other idea. He said, "Okay, we've we've bought the land. How can we ensure the highest level of sustained control over it?" In a very real sense, Hellowell becomes the conceptual architect of this domain and gives instructions on how to get close to something like sovereignty. Yeah. Uh, self-governance. For the mouse's lair. Yeah. They're at a, a secretive, Walt Disney sets up a secretive meeting in May of 1965 and he, he calls it a seminar. And at the seminar, Hellowell pitches this approach that would allow Disney to avoid a lot of taxation and environmental regulation and maintain immunity from the U.S. Constitution.
1: Wow. That does not sound uh, sinister at all. That really escalates, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. It's like the first one, <laughs> yeah, the second yeah. one, the third one is... Uh, th- yeah. The taxation thing is, you know, every church that's ever existed.
0: The problem here is the guy's name is hello L, so I can't, like, fault him because every time I hear his name, I just think, hello you know? L. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a good guy. Or is it...
2: Hello. Well. It depends on you know if you're a friend or a foe. Ah, but I could definitely see it the, being the name of like a character in a children's book. Oh, you know? definitely, like a an animal that talks.
0: No, he's he's a, he's like an emoji. He's, he's there. A, we go. He's a, he's a lol. Lol. <laughs> Never mind. It's, 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 it's... <laughs> no, no, I see where you're going. I think this has legs. I'm going nowhere fast, but this story is going somewhere. Fast. So just like in the earlier operations, uh Hallowell advised Disney to set up a puppet government. That doesn't sound sketchy at all. <laughs> yeah, within the United States. I'm telling you. He's and, part of the deep and, sketch. And, and, yep. and have the entity do Disney's bidding. Basically. Yeah, man. Um and then Hallowell told Disney to establish at least two phantom cities. So we've got puppet governments and Phantom cities. Just Just awesome. keep, keeping stuff straight here. Then he said that they should use these fake governments to control land use and uh, make sure the public money the theme park generated, like taxes, for example, stayed in Disney's uh, private, you know, uh, white glove clad hands. Yeah, so you're paying yourself taxes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally legit
2: totally legit it's uh it's what they call soups legit right
1: yep yep so on paper disney world cities would be just these you know regular old american hometowns just you, you want to go and visit the disney hometown you can it's great the so great values here
0: here's the deal first you have to bend the knee and swear fealty <laughs> to the mouse though. yes well sure because oh, bend the knee oh god <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> that was sort of a combination of goofy and, and, and Mickey. Yeah, I
2: feel like I would do a better mo- Goofy. Moofy. Oh,
0: Moofy. is a new yeah. character. Oh.
2: So here's
1: the deal, like we're saying, the, uh, bend the knee thing kinda was there because the only official residents who lived in these two cities would be handpicked, they would be, uh, I guess, loyalists, if you want to call them that, people who. musketeers,
0: if you will. Sure. There we go.
1: They worked for Disney and they are the ones who would periodically elect officials for these two cities who, in turn, would cede complete control over to Disney executives. So ultimately, it's just we're going to put you in here. You're going to vote for us. We're going to make the decisions and we're the guys way up there are going to be the ones who tell you what to do.
2: It's weird, right? In early 1967, Florida's uh legislature got into action with this. They signed over municipal jurisdiction for the land owned by the Mouse uh and Walt himself named uh named this jurisdiction entity the Reedy Creek Improvement District and it was named after a waterway that went through the land, called in a burst of creativity, Reedy Creek. Yeah. So Disney officially isn't really doing stuff. The Reedy Creek Improvement District is, and this means that Disney, the mouse, can do whatever it wants on that land without government interference, including if they wanted building a nuclear waste site.
1: And, you know, there there were rumors online that Disney had or was about to build a nuclear power plant uh, as recently as 2016. Uh, we have not been able to confirm any of those stories.
0: Yeah, it's called Space Mountain.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Stay woke. <laughs> okay. Why do you think so much of Space Mountain is dark? It's so that you don't see the huge concrete shell over never, the core. I never thought about that. It's cool. You only get mildly irradiated by going on that ride. Which I'm into. I'm into like a good mild dose of radiation.
0: Yeah, it's like going to the spa. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. So I love how we co on that. Please don't poison yourself <laughs> with radiation chasing a, a mild spa high. Mm-hmm. This essentially means, you know, now that they can have this agency to build, uh, build structures that a government would usually build. It means that they're in charge of things like fire departments now, right? Yeah. Waste disposal. They could build airports and industrial parks, mm-hmm. could, all that stuff. And they can – this gets a little dry, but they can issue tax-free bonds that are uh, for internal improvements, right? Mm-hmm. And then they are also exempt uh, from laws regarding zoning or land use. So the, Flor- the Florida legislature creates these two phantom cities and they're both named for artificial reservoirs that Disney engineers made. Since nobody actually lives in these phantom cities – Disney just needs, as Matt said, a couple of hand-picked employees to to toe the line. Uh, On a side note, I'm starting to think the phrase hand-picked is really weird. Yeah. You don't ever hear like (laughs) foot-tat. Yeah, yeah. Or hand-picked. Anyway. uh,
0: Elbow-rubbed. (laughs) Elbow-rubbed. Yes. Nipple-pinched. Oh. (laughs) Sorry, I had to keep it. I had to. I had to have the last pinch. Hey, it's fine. The, this Wars. the last.
2: Yeah, yeah. I um. Oh, so many possibilities. Okay, okay. I will. Uh, I'll. I'll stay on the rails here. So we've got these handpicked employees. Yes, and this whole shenanigan is definitely sketchy, probably illegal, arguably unconstitutional. But with the aid of the compliant state legislature, the cities were incorporated. These would be. Bay Lake and Lake Buena Vista.
1: They sound like beautiful places.
2: And they still exist today with a combined population of around 57 people. Most people living in Bay Lake. Uh, all of them are Disney employees or retired employees or the children of employees. And when you visit Disney's Magic Kingdom, you are visiting the city of Bay Lake, Florida. As we record this, Bay Lake has a population of 47.
1: Yep. And then there are 10 people hanging out in Lake Buena Vista, although they might not be hanging out there because they probably have houses other places, too. All they have to do is own the land.
2: Yeah. In both cities, the Disney-engineered legislation established a qualification for holding executive office, requiring that each candidate for office must be the owner either directly or as a trustee of real property situated in the city in order to be able to hold the office of a council person. And that's important. hmm Because with like five exceptions, Disney owns all the land. All of it. Yeah. With these five exceptions. And, and we'll explore this because as we said, through this uh R C I D, Reedy Creek Improvement District, Disney's able to supply municipal services like fire departments, street cleaning, all that stuff. But Despite the, the pretty cozy arrangement, Disney and the state of Florida still butt heads on different issues, mm-hmm. obviously. There's a lot of money in play. And one of the big ones would be property assessments. As you can imagine, the Magic Kingdom is not, it's not cheap. Yeah, right? you they, know, And Uncle Samsonite, the uh, that's
1: the state Uncle Sam of Florida. Okay. Um, <laughs>
0: the
2: state uncle. I like yeah, it. Yeah, Uncle Samsonite
1: needs that cash, you know?
0: To put in his Samsonite cash briefcases. Yeah. It's a lot of probably a lot of cases for that, <laughs> that so, those disney so, bucks yeah puts ben bucks to shame
2: oh you know what it's one step at a time I'd, I'd rather be uh fighting for something i believe in than joining big disney dollars you know so where does that leave us today
0: we'll examine the contents of that mouse trap when we return from a quick break
4: hey sarah i love that spring break vlog you posted on zigazoo oh and gee you watched it yeah it was edited so well
5: craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radios iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free
4: are you ready to share some joy and celebrate international women's day m&m's has partnered with iheart for women take the mic treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other
6: currently
2: disney remains in control of the area the phantom cities we mentioned earlier are still around as is the town of celebration florida a disney planned community where disney remains the largest land owner yeah it was uh this thing was built
1: in 1994 and it was built as an homage to the walt disney epcot plan this this real utopian future of what a city could look like.
2: Yeah. Uh, EPCOT is an acronym. It stands for Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. And it could be the subject of its own episode. It was one of Walt Disney's uh, long-running dreams to build mm-hmm. this perfect town or that obeyed his ideals of a perfect yeah. town. And the plans are pretty interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. And if you are interested in moving to Celebration – you can get a one-bed, one-bath for – I think it's a condo for $135,000 right now. That seems reasonable.
0: Yeah. No, for a condo? No, that's a little high, right? I mean – Again, not a, clearly not an anything Baron land or property <laughs> yeah. or otherwise. Yeah. I just don't know how much anything costs. I'm yeah. like a child.
1: There's, <laughs> <laughs> if you did just win the lottery, though, if you're listening to this, uh, you can move there and be as close as you want to the mouse uh for 4 million dollars, 3 million dollars there are some mansions in celebration. For your
2: mouse proximity, mm-hmm. your mouse proximity, one of the unexpectedly fascinating things we found when we were looking at the the weird beginning of Disney was that uh all is not well in celebration. It is a deceptively normal town, but it's been, uh, it's been home to some murders. People say that they've gotten a Stepford vibe if they're not fans of the town. It has, uh, when you move in there, you get a handbook with pretty exacting rules over what you can and can't do, you know. Um, I'm what, assuming,
1: what, what is it? The, um, what are the homeowner associations? HOAs.
2: Yeah, I'm assuming those are pretty intense there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, speaking of lotteries, more than 4,000 people entered a lottery to pay 25 percent over the market price for the first 500 homes. People were all about it. Uh, there have been murders. There was a guy bludgeoned to death by a traveling – a homeless man uh, who said that he bludgeoned the guy for trying to sleep with him. Less than a week later, an armed man barricaded himself in his home.
0: Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah Burying in the lead a little bit here. Wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's intense. And it gets weirder. There's, there's a group of British expatriates who move there when they like retire and stuff and there's a phenomenon that they refer to as celebration separation. This describes the tendency, only some members of the community see it, for uh, living in celeb, for people to move to celebration, being happily married and then to pretty much get divorced because of the living in that town. Mm. So it's, there's something sinister when you hear people talk about it that way, um, one guy also said, you know, they're out here just swapping wives out of boredom. He's like, I've never met so many swingers, which was not what I was expect Not to, like, profile anybody, but that's not what I was expecting no. when I was reading about Celebration the Disney Town, you know?
1: Yeah, but somebody, you know, there are a group of people, larger people that are loving it.
2: And also, if it bleeds, it leads. Mm-hmm. So I'm Conveying information about like the the bad things I've heard, yeah. but I'm sure that there are people who have been to Celebration, listening in the audience, who can tell us a little more
0: about it, right? And that's probably exaggerated. God help you if Holly's listening to this episode. <laughs> God help you. Uh,
2: she, is she a Celebration fan?
0: No, she's just you know. I think us. She's a she's a she's a Disney uh, lifer. It's yeah. true.
2: It's true. And uh, Stuff You Missed in History Class has some excellent episodes mm-hmm. on Disney. Oh, for sure. But don't just say, God help me. Remember, you're in this. Yeah, I, was I know, say, but I'm
0: trying to, I'm, I'm doing my best to keep my mouse-gloved hands clean here. You came up with the mouse, dude. I didn't come up with the mouse. People call it the mouse. You ever heard, <laughs> no. you ever heard people refer to Disney as the mouse? No. It's a thing. I wish I could claim credit for that, but alas, I cannot.
2: The overall area is still controlled by the Reedy Creek Improvement District. It's governed by a five-person board of supervisors, all of whom are senior Disney employees. Remember when I mentioned those five exemptions Mm -hmm. or five exceptions? So each of these five senior employees on the board own a five-acre undeveloped lot of land within the district. It is the only land not technically controlled by the mouse or used for public slash road purposes. And this means that they can vote. The Whoa. residents of the so-called phantom cities can elect city officials, but because they are not landowners and because of that qualification, they have no power to elect the Board of Supervisors. In many ways, this remains an autonomous area with relatively little government influence. It's a, a world in many ways all of its own.
1: Disney World, man.
2: Disney World. Uh, a magical place and you know they haven't been challenged in court on the way this was set up right and they're not doing villainous things they're actually having a nature preserve is an mm-hmm. admirable thing and i'm sure it's it's a massive economic force for yeah. the
1: area and providing an experience for countless children that they will remember for the rest of their lives i mean honestly can you can't you guys have like really fond memories of going to a disney place right Anywhere, forgets Disney.
0: I went to Disney World when I was a kid, and what I remember more than Disney World itself was, like, driving to Florida and eating, like, gator nuggets at some little <laughs> hole-in-the-wall place. <laughs> I think I went to that hole-in-the-wall, like, the wall taxidermy too. stuff everywhere. That's what I remember. I remember precious little about actual Disney World. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I think a
2: lot of people have fond memories of Disney World. Um, I remember Space Mountain. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was just the creme de la creme. Oh, you know? yeah. Uh, and I remember being super impressed with Epcot and yeah. thinking, man, we should all live in the city of the future. I drank the Kool-Aid on Epcot real quick.
1: Well, it was the first time I had been introduced to other cultures in a tangible way like that, even though, you know, it's – in Epcot it's a theme park or whatever but they had real things that I could touch and interact with
0: that I'd never seen before I do remember one ride that was like a Norway ride oh Yo, you yeah, mind, mind reader there's yeah. like a creepy like monster Trolls. thing a troll thing yeah, yeah I remember that I actually was talking to Jonathan Strickland friend uh, frenemy of the show and he said <laughs> that that ride has now been replaced by a frozen ride oh no but that's actually the first time I thought about that in years and I I didn't remember anything from Disney World but I do remember that it feels like you're going to go off a, a ledge right. or something. You're riding in and almost
2: a, like a flume, mm-hmm. loggy-looking thing. Yeah. When you get to the edge,
0: and there's the, there's the there's
2: troll. Like, whoa, Norway! <laughs> yeah, I remember it specifically because when I was a kid, uh, my I, I wanted to buy like a snack, right? And there was something this chocolate ball covered with chocolate sprinkles, and it was called like a rum ball. And I had no idea what that was. And the guy behind the counter, who I thought was an adult, was probably like you know. 19. Mm He, um, he, 17 or 19, he said, I can't sell this to you. And, uh, it was like, you have to get your mom or your parent or your dad or something. So I had to go negotiate a rum ball. And then I got in an imaginary fight with trolls. Yeah, dude. Also, it really, uh, it really hyped up Norway for us. I think for you too, Noel. Big time. When we go to Norway, is it going to be, is it gonna live up to the expectations set
0: by Epcot? I don't think the, tr- I think the trolls kind of keep to their own mm-hmm. in the, in the, the, the tundra. Uh, I don't <laughs> think they're just like flopping around willy nilly, yeah. you know. <laughs> they're flopping around. Just uh, to throw a completely dry example yeah. in here, just for everybody, I think it's Japan. You're really selling this bit here. <laughs> I, mean,
1: I think it's Japan, the section about Japan, or maybe it's not Japan, maybe it's South Korea, I don't remember which country it was, but when I was a kid, seeing the architecture, of some of the parts of Asia over there that I had never seen before, uh, blew my mind, and I I wanted to live in a
0: house that looked like that. This is like the international pavilion thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Got yeah. Bits of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't remember any of that, but that does sound like that'd be pretty mind blowing for a kid to see all that, because that is some cool, weird stuff. Because you never see it ever in
1: like at least in my life from where I was
2: from. And this a lot of this stuff still exists today. It's going to change with the time, mm-hmm. like uh, Noel said. Uh, regarding Jonathan's report about the troll ride being mm-hmm. replaced. Uh, this seems set to continue. The mouse is going to continue ruling over this part of Florida. For the foreseeable future, for sure. Mm-hmm. And although it's a weird situation, legally speaking, one of the big questions is – it's a weird situation. It does clearly involve a conspiracy of sorts. But the big question is, is it a bad thing? I mean, they're not – Running a, a criminal empire, right? That
1: we know of. <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? Do you feel like there's something going on that's more than meets the eye, something a little more sinister? Or do you think it's just how, how it's been and how it's going to keep going and Disney is amazing and who cares how they got the land? Who cares how they set up and run – the, the puppet governments. <laughs> I mean, it, you can have a lot of valid feelings about this. We love to get your thoughts, especially if you've lived in the area. Maybe you're one of those people who's a landowner and you want to get us some information from the inside. huh? From uh, from one of these phantom cities? Send it to us. We won't tell anybody. Except for everybody listening.
2: Right. Uh, except, for, <laughs> except for them. And then also, what are some of your favorite uh, strange Disney rumors and mm-hmm. do you think Said rumor is true mm-hmm. or unsubstantiated. Cause we found a lot of stuff that was, you know, pretty easily dismissed. Yeah. But that reminds us, it's time for. Shout out
0: corners. First shout out of the day comes from, uh, Bruce, and I, I guess I'll say it. Yeah, I wasn't on this episode, but like, uh, I, I love this, I love this email. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Will the World End Tomorrow episode, you meant, this is, Bruce talking, by the way, you mentioned Gary Oldman's unfortunate fashion choice in the fifth element. Oh, yeah. You guys remind
2: me? So Gary Oldman in the fifth element, and Gary Oldman, amazing actor, uh, in the fifth element, he
0: has kind of a funny voice in that one. Yeah, yeah he, he has a little foghorn leghorn. <laughs>
2: he's, yeah, he's going for what we call big old scene. Just chew that
0: accent <laughs>
2: like a nice slow glass of lemonade and a
0: julep. You gotta chew your lemonade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's some raunchy stuff. But they what's the, the outfit like? What's, what's, what's so it? he
2: he has this um, sort of a high, higher collared shirt. But the thing that really stuck out that we're talking about is for some reason that is never explained or addressed in the film at all. He has a plastic, uh, four ch- transparent forehead covering on one side of his head. And his hair is combed around it. No one mentions
0: it. It you know. is coming back to me now. I just pulled it up, and I never really clocked that particular piece. But that is super strange.
1: Yeah, his name was Zorg, by the way. That was his last name, at least. Jean
0: Baptiste Zorg. Well, his, uh, his name sounds very similar to the person that our friend Bruce blames for this monstrosity. Mm-hmm. He says, I can assert with some confidence that this choice is not to be blamed on Mr. Oldman. Instead, I childishly blame French fashion designer Jean Paul Gaultier, who is culpable for designing the costumes for the film. Oh. He only just manages to redeem himself through the costume from Mia Jovovich's character, which is, you know, iconic. It's like yeah. a, she's wearing like a the strap be like kind of like uh, overalls kind of thing. It's it's super cool. Um, he says Jean Paul Gaultier may be best known to us Americans as the one who designed the costumes for Madonna's Blonde Ambition tour, including her infamous. Cone bra. I'm familiar with that. I think uh, any red-blooded American would be. (laughs) Yeah. When you put the cone bra in play, the weird plastic head shield loses some of its mystery. (laughs) That's just JP (laughs) being JP.
2: He's somewhere on a set today now going, I gotta be me.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, He says, it's getting late in the morning on the last day of our collective lives, so I need to get this sent out and get the yard mode. I like this guy's uh, sense of humor, right? I like the cut of his jib.
2: Yeah, thanks for writing, Bruce. We got like the whole, I like the whole, the whole knot,
0: the whole thing. Good yeah. job, Bruce. And
2: thank you for answering that question. I didn't know uh, Jean Paul Gaultier was uh, a madman in the world of fashion, <laughs> but I, I do feel like much more at peace with the world by having an explanation. Because sometimes you get those little things that stick under the skin of your mind, and they can haunt you. And that's what this show is all about. It's all about haunting your mind skin. And this concludes our clash. But not our show, assuming uh that the mouse doesn't find us and strangle us in in our sleep,
0: right? The mouse was yeah. like the original Giallo. You know what I'm talking about? Like those movies where like you see the perspective of the killer and it's from the gloved oh, hands. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool mm-hmm. to have one that was like Mickey and you could just see his like creepy gloved hands and go <laughs> And then he slices up a, you know, a, like a, a beauty queen. Oh, man.
2: Well, there's a darkness inside me. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yes. So write
2: in. Let us know uh, what your opinion is of Disney. If you have any strange encounters uh, or anecdotes from Disney, we'd love to hear them. And we'd love to hear whether or not you think these rumors are plausible. Mm-hmm. You know, like, does no one really die at Disney? Is that a myth? Um, you know, are these like smear campaigns or is there some sand to them? You are you f- a cast member backstage listening to this? Oh my <laughs> can you gosh. listen to podcasts backstage? I don't know. Maybe you're
0: on break. Oh, perhaps. What's back there? Mm hmm. just a bunch of water coolers and snacks, probably. Oh, and, right. and
2: that, um, and there's, there's a poster of, uh, a night, kitten, of a Knight Rider, but with a kitten. As like the David Hasselhoff character.
0: Always picturing the like hang in there kitten, you know, hanging off the tree branch. I like yours way better.
2: No, it's the same thing. Let's just have, it's like the cat's hanging off a tree branch, but also, uh, the car from Knight Rider is there.
1: And Kit, Kit's going, Michael? Is that the name of the dude? Kid, I can't remember. the car. Yeah.
2: You can find Matt, Noel, and I on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. We are Conspiracy Stuff or Conspiracy Stuff Show, depending mm-hmm. on which one you try. And you can find every episode that we have ever done on our website, StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. If you want to write to us directly, you can always find us at our good old-fashioned email address. We are
0: ConspiracyAtOutStuffWords.com.